0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric May, Milwaukee Bucks Reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of Brewhoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank had real human being stuff, I think that's what we called it last week, or real uh, real job stuff. Uh, So he will not be joining us for the podcast tonight, but uh, joining us for the podcast is Action Heat. Our friends over at Action Heat are one of our new sponsors. Obviously talked about how much we enjoy them last week, and they are back again this week. And again, Action Heat is has all of the heated clothing options that you need. It makes it so much better because you have the world's best battery heated clothing. That is what you can get at Action Heat. And if you head over to actionheat.com slash lockdown, you can save 20% off your entire order. Again, that's actionheat.com slash lockdown or use the coupon coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20% stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with action heat and of course we thank them for sponsoring our podcast and without frank uh you know i tend to try to keep it a little bit shorter just so you don't have to listen to me drone on and on and on Uh, but a couple things i kind of wanted to talk about today uh talk a little bit about the bucks defense here in the second half of the podcast but to get us started, um, I think the first thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I'll write about here at the Athletic Wisconsin, if you want to check it out there. Um, but obviously, Chris Middleton getting benched on Saturday night was was quite a story. Um, it was it was quite uh, quite a scene because that just isn't something that that we've really seen out of Mike Boonholzer, and. Obviously, today was kind of the first day we got a chance to talk to everyone about it. Um, Even on Saturday, uh, Matt Velasquez and uh, the other assembled reporters didn't really get much of a chance to talk to Mike Boonholzer uh, because of some complications during the postgame. So uh, this was the first day that we really got a chance to talk to Mike Boonholzer about it. And, you know, I think there was a bunch of bunch of interesting stuff there and uh, we got to talk to Chris a little bit more as well and um, as Matt Velasquez was able to get on Saturday my good friend at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel on Saturday you know Chris said like plain and simple I was benched like that's that's all that happened um, you know I was benched like there's there's nothing else to it The like, I just got benched and you know he he said that that's on me. I got to make sure I'm doing the right things and bringing the right energy. Uh, so we got to, to talk to Chris a little bit more about it today. And you know, the, the one thing I was really curious in was what I brought up on yesterday's podcast where, okay, uh, Mike Boonholzer benches you like, what is he looking for? What is it that he, that he wants out of you? And, you know, like that, that's a, it's a difficult question to ask. And, uh, you know, as we were talking to Chris about it, he's just like, well, I don't, like, I'm not really sure what, what you want me to say to this, like how I can try to try to explain this. And I was just like, well, you know, like, what is it that he wanted to get out of you now? Like what, what was the goal of that benching? What was he after? And, uh, Middleton said, you know, essentially to do the right things. And the, the direct quote was to do the right things out there. He thought I wasn't doing the right things. I agreed with him on some parts. That's it. He wants me to learn from it. He wants me wants me to be out there and help the team. And, you know, kind of what our goal was to, was to try to find out a little bit more about it. And, um, I mean, I think we did because we talked to Chris, we talked to Bud, and, you know, uh, you know, it was kind of attempting to figure out, you know, what is the... You know, what does this process look like? Because there is obviously the uh, the event of getting benched, but then there is the entire fallout after that. And uh, Chris said that, you know, they had a conversation about it. They're on the same page and uh, they got on the same page and what we wanted from each other. That's what it's all about. Being on the same page to win, that's the most important thing. He knows I want to win. I know he wants to win. So just being on the same page and the right page with that same message. So uh, just, and again, like not a ton of, not a ton of details in any of this conversation. Not that I think anyone was necessarily expecting that. Like, of course, it, it was all going to, you know, be a little bit more, Uh, general you know everyone was going to be more general in their answers but uh, you know thinking through that with Chris and then I mean I think one of the more revealing things was Giannis actually because you know we talked to Giannis about it and uh, Katie George had asked him a question about you know did they talk what what kind of happened and uh, he he told us that you know They did obviously have a chance to talk. He's not surprised that they had a chance to talk and you know think through all these things post game and as they're going here, but also that today they spent a long time together in the film room. That it was those two having a real long conversation uh, and spending a lot of time together uh, in the theater room, as Giannis said. uh, You know, kind of trying to put together exactly you know what they're thinking. You know what they're trying to get out of it, and I thought. From that, you know, you can just kind of piece all this together that, you know, Chris probably wasn't working hard enough. And uh, I I asked Bud specifically about that third quarter sequence, the one that I tweeted out. And obviously, Bud didn't, didn't say anything uh, about that specifically because, you know, that's just not something he would do. Um, but, you know, what we ended up talking about a little bit more was, you know, you have that sequence was was it just for that one time occurrence? Was it something that I've been building or, you know, like where you it got to such a point where you needed to let Chris know, like you need him to be better. And how Bud answered that was very generally about the rest of the team, but he said, I think the whole team we need to be better defensively. So it's just I think we need to keep pushing that message, keep pushing that envelope. Chris maybe took a little bit of the brunt of the message to the whole team that I don't think we should feel real good about what we're doing on that end of the court right now. But Chris is certainly a big part of that. We have high expectations for him and our group. And, you know, I, I thought obviously we didn't get any confirmation that it was that third quarter sequence. We didn't get any confirmation that it was anything else. Like we just got the the idea that they have to be better defensively and you know, Chris was someone that he could point to as an example of someone that had to be better defensively, and you know, I, I think I think it was interesting because there is some some of me that has said in the last couple of weeks that you know they've seen some outlier shooting performances, and we can talk about that a little bit uh, before we or excuse me at the end when we do get to uh, defensive questions and stuff like that, but. You know, when Bud said that, it, it kind of brought me back in and made me think about these things a little bit more because very quickly we, we transformed from Bud being somewhat standoffish and all this to, to kind of giving us some really good insight because when Matt Velasquez first asked, like, you know, was there any point in the fourth quarter over time where you thought about putting Chris back in, Bud matter-of-factly really said, nope. And pause, just like I did there, and as that pause was happening, Matt got ready to ask another question, so pause happens. Matt starts his question, and then Bud very quickly says, I mean, I love Chris, and he's an amazing player, but I think the guys that were out there had built up a, a, a 10, maybe even a 12-point lead, and I thought Sterling was giving us good stuff and the group was good. It was more a compliment to how those guys were playing. And, you know, that, that, can, be, that can be true. Uh, you know, that you can be happy with those guys, but, you know, obviously very clearly they were sending a message uh, through Chris, through benching Chris to Chris and also the rest of the team. And, you know, by the end of the conversation, when Bud mentions the fact that Chris maybe took a little bit of the brunt of it, it made me wonder, you know, do you feel confident that Chris is the guy that can take that? Because, Some players wouldn't respond well to, you know, essentially being benched. Like that could be a a turning point for you where you just essentially decide, you know, what I'm going to shut it down on this coach. Like, I don't trust this guy. He benched me. I didn't deserve it. Like, it's over. And obviously, with Jason, I think we saw some of that uh, in the last couple of years where guys got benched and it was just like, you know what? Screw this dude. Like, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't understand. Um, And, you know, I I don't want to say Jason picked the wrong guys, but I do think there is something to picking guys that can really handle that, that are mature enough, that understand that, okay. I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm someone that, you know, Mike Boonholzer wants to use that as, as an example, not to make an example out of me, but to use as, hey, this guy's a leader on our team. He's not bringing it enough. And if I, I bench him, well, then I can bench any of the rest of you for not bringing it. And we're not bringing it. So uh, that's kind of what I'm going to show. And, you know, I asked that exact question and I thought, I thought. Mike Boonholzer's answer was very revealing so you know I kind of asked the question do you know certain players can handle that type of coaching better than others because you know some guys will react to that and they'll rebel against you and they'll say this is bs I'm getting screwed over so you know did it feel like you know you've gotten to know Chris well enough that at this point Chris can be one of those guys and and Bud's answer was we talk a lot about having high character guys and high IQ guys, and I think that's one of the characteristics of those type of those types of people or players that if and when something doesn't go their way, their reaction usually is to come back and fight harder, dig deeper, do more. I think that's how Chris is built, and I think that's what he'll do. Not everybody has the character of Chris and the IQ of Chris, so it certainly gives you probably more latitude to coach and do what you think is best when you have players like that. And that quote, I mean, just just really stood out to me because, you know, we've heard over the last couple, just in the last week specifically, like, when when greg popovich was in town it took us a while to kind of get a good answer out of him about anything that you know bud is thinking their relationship anything like that but eventually the thing that came out of was this great quote about Giannis about how um you know, the thing that really stands out to Bud when I talk to him, this is Greg Popovich talking about it. he's like, the thing that really stands out to Bud, or at least he told me, was, you know, that Giannis is someone who's over himself, that, you know, he, he doesn't think anything is, you know below him that you know he's just over himself and as a superstar that's huge as a leader of a team and you know I think when you hear him say that not everybody has the character of Chris and the IQ of Chris so it certainly gives you probably more latitude to coach and do what you think is best when you have players like that it just felt like me it just felt like to me another example of the kind of players that he believes Chris and Giannis are and you know that's why I think when Middleton isn't given the effort that he that he needed, he has that third quarter sequence. It's both about you know sending a message, but also ultimately being disappointed in Chris Middleton that it was happening. And uh, you know that was, that was kind of something that we talked about with Giannis when you know, I mentioned this same idea that, you know, not every player can handle it. And some players might get pissed off at the coach and, you know, kind of be upset about the way that they were treated. And Giannis said, you know, it's not about being pissed off at the coach. It's about being pissed off at yourself. Like he's like, I I would guess that, you know, Chris was pissed off at himself, that he allowed that to happen, that he played in, in a way that Wasn't up to his standards because we know how competitive he is. You know, we know how much he wants to win, and you know he just didn't, you know, really bring it on that night. And that mirrors his same uh, comments from the night of the game where Giannis said, you know, Chris wasn't really Chris tonight. And you know, I I think uh, all of this kind of comes together, and you can see, you know, maybe why Bud did it, and you can also see just kind of the idea that not everyone could handle getting treated in that way. Like not everyone could handle getting benched and you know, some guys react well to it, some don't. And the thing that we need to watch is, you know, whether or not Chris does react well to it because you know, we, we we don't really know at this point, there hasn't been another game played. Uh, There's been one practice uh they they had that today uh, it was one of their longer practices of the season like all of that kind of happened today so that's all we know we don't know what it's going to look like when they hit the floor again on Wednesday and on Friday and on Sunday, where they play uh, a Pistons team that is nipping at their heels in the Eastern Conference standings. They play the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They play the Toronto Raptors. Like those are three big games. And, you know, we'll see if that gets a reaction on Chris, if that improves his play, if that gets him more focused, if that gets the team more focused, like that'll be the test, but we don't really know any of that at the moment. So I think that's going to be, at least to me, really interesting to watch because we don't know where this is going. Uh, But at the moment, it does feel like, you know, when you look at, I mentioned it last night, when you look at some of the guys that Greg Popovich has picked on over the years, like, there have, and i p- maybe picked on as the wrong word but guys that he's been willing to bench guys that he's been willing to you know kind of talk through and talk to like those have been guys that he really trusts and guys that he thinks are incredibly important and guys that he expects a lot out of like, Tony Parker is obviously the one that comes to mind right away. But, you know, those guys are, are people that he wants more out of. He he expects a lot out of. Uh, and, you know, it kind of seems like Mike Boonholzer is doing the same thing here with Chris Middleton. And I, I, I would assume that his hope is, hey, Chris can handle this. We'll get through this and we'll be better for it. So that will be the thing to watch. And that'll be what, you know, you know, you you kind of try to understand as more of these games come and uh, you know, the, the worst thing, the worst possible thing is, you know, that this goes wrong and that there needs to be another bench in another week and the week after that, because this message quote unquote, just isn't getting through. And, you know, who knows, maybe that is what happens. I think both sides don't believe that will happen that, you know, Chris will, Bringing a little bit more defensively as Bud kind of talked about that, you know, when he was asked about it, he gave a more general answer about the team being better defensively. Um, so, you know, you kind of assume that's what the problems he was having with Chris were. So uh, we'll see if that can get better, but I think a really interesting scene and very interesting because of the players involved. And then really really, to me even more interesting to actually hear Mike Boonholzer kind of walk us through it all because there was a lot of interesting stuff there and he could have been standoffish and coaches at times are like that and I think even Mike Boonholzer in the past has been like that Uh, last year when he benched Torian Prince I think he was asked about it and he just said oh coach's decision and didn't really give a lot more details and here he did give more details so uh, we'll see if that ends up Paying off for the bucks in the end. Something that I, I do know will pay off is heading over to Action Heat right now. Heading over to actionheat.com slash lockdown. That will pay off for you immediately because you get to save 20% off your entire order or you can use the coupon code lockdown at checkout to save 20%. And I know it'll pay off for you because Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing, heat on demand at the touch of a button. It's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat you can reach those high temperatures very warm on on you as, as you're working outdoors as you're skiing or snowboarding or you know if you're just outside and hate being cold or you know for me when I was in Denver and only had a hoodie I could have used some action heat because that would have really warmed me up and made me feel a lot better about myself for being an idiot and not effectively packing for a West Coast road trip. It would have been perfect for me, and it can be perfect for any friend or family member on your holiday gift list. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body. They have heated jackets. They have heated socks, heated gloves, heated hats, and even heated undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. So Action Heat has everything to keep you cozy and warm. Both men's and women's are available, and they have great new styles and models just released for this winter season. So head over to ActionHeat.com to you know get in on the action. You can save 20% off your entire order if you go to ActionHeat.com slash lockdown, or if you... Just go and use the coupon code LOCKEDON at checkout and that'll give you 20% off your order at ActionHeat.com. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we, of course, thank them for sponsoring our podcast and being so awesome. And like I said, great product, especially for all of us. In the state of Wisconsin, something that I think all of our listeners could really enjoy. And again, maybe you're not in Wisconsin, and you'll have to find someone to gift that to or whatever. But uh, you know, the very best at keeping you warm—that is over at ActionHeat.com. Now, the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about was some of the interesting questions that we had with bud were obviously about Chris Middleton, but one of the other things we, w- we wanted to talk about and you know, something that I was really interested about is the struggles I've had trying to figure out why this team loses. It's something that, you know, I've struggled to, de- to describe on this podcast and something that, you know, I've asked Frank many times, like, can you help me out with this? I don't, I don't really know how to put into context what we're seeing. And, um, you know, I think there's a couple of things there. You know, it's close game performances and then kind of three-point shooting. And when the first question I wanted to ask about today, the first serious question, and I, sh- I should say today was an interesting day because... Uh, As we walked into practice, the normal shooting drills were going on after practice. Uh, Again, we don't actually get to see any of practice practice we just get to see everything that they do once they have everything wrapped up. So, you know, sometimes that means you'll get to see some of the injured guys scrimmaging a little bit, but most of the time it just means you're either going to see a little bit of extra one-on-one work, or you're going to see uh, some shooting drills in groups or things like that. So, you know, we got to see that like we normally do. And then all of a sudden on the court or on the hoop nearest to where we wait inside the gym for our media responsibilities, all of a sudden, we started to see a small crowd congregate congregate uh, around Tony Snell and Malcolm Brogdon shooting free throws, and it was pretty strange. Uh, and then, you know, we started to hear scores getting called out about, you know, what the score was and what what the guy needed to do to match and. Very quickly, we figured out that Tony Snell and Malcolm Brogdon were in a competition and they were in a free throw shooting competition. And the rules of the competition were they were playing a game to 21 and you shoot two free throws at a time. Uh, a clean swish, no rim, nothing else, counts for two. Uh, a regular make, with if you do hit some of the rim, that counts for one. A miss is negative one. Uh, and they were playing two twenty-one. 21 And, you know, you kind of get a chance to match, uh, depending on who shot first and all those things. And very quickly we figured out that, uh, Tony Snell and Malcolm Brogdon were ending the, the, we're, we're nearing the end of a competition. Uh, Tony Snell shoots gets to 21. Malcolm Brogdon gets his turn. He matches at 21. They go to overtime and then it's two free throws a peach for piece for each overtime and you know they're they're going back and forth, uh, makes and misses and then two makes. Uh, so I think uh, the first one was Snell make, Snell miss, then Brogdon make. Brogdon misses. then Snell has two swishes, clean swishes, and then Brogdon does the same. Ultimately, uh, Brogdon goes first in that third round, misses his first, makes his second, Snell swishes his first, and thus he wins, and everyone by that point the whole team was around him and then all of a sudden we see a belt broken out uh where it's a wwe style championship belt it is not uh like a replica like they used to have for the three-point shooting competition it was a real legit belt that said milwaukee bucks free throw shooting on it custom made very nice and tony snell was your winner and obviously we got to find out a little bit more about the co- competition that it's uh month long so the entire month of november where you're shooting free throws after practice and that helps get your seating in place and then you shoot against different guys and they have the whole bracket together tony snell ends up winning in the end over malcolm brogdon and uh it, it was really fun because we just ended up joking around the whole time uh tony snell who is typically um Typically a little bit on the quieter side, uh, totally leaned into the bit and was borderline, uh, at least by Tony Snell's standards, uh, cutting WWE promos, all ready to go, all excited to, to hop in there and uh, talk about, you know, how guys shouldn't be talking about their seating they should be talking about wins how he was a better free throw shooter than Malcolm how it was an underdog story uh and we had a good time with it and obviously that was a lot of a lot of fun and then also we we talked to Chris and Giannis about it Chris complained about his seating he had to play Brogdon early uh in the tournament which he didn't think was fair uh then we talked about Giannis or we talked with Giannis about it and made some jokes and then uh Katie asked if he was surprised that Tony beat Malcolm, considering Malcolm's a 90% free throw shooter. And then he gave very serious analysis about no, because for Tony, he has uh, a shot that arcs a lot. He's got, he's got a lot of high uh, arc on his shot and uh, Malcolm does not. He has a very flat shot. And I was kind of taken aback because, um, well, all of a sudden we're getting very serious analysis while we are having fun joking around. Uh, so that was, that was pretty good. It was, it was a fun bit of, you know, a, a bit of a morale boost, uh, where the, this team with the Knicks and Bench and Chris, everything kind of went off kilter. So that was surprising. Okay. Um, so that was the fun stuff at practice. The other stuff. all right, let's get to the defensive stuff. Sorry. I just kind of went on a tangent, but it was fun in uh, something, you know, you may have wanted to hear about. So uh, let's go to the other thing. Oh, and if you want to see anything on Twitter, uh, the Bucks tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. Matt tweeted it out. I think Katie might have tweeted it out. So uh, you should be able to get all of that uh, there on Twitter at Eric underscore name or at Matt Velasquez or at I don't know, Katie Sandel, at Katie underscore George 05 maybe. Um, but you can check it out on Twitter or just go to at Bucks and you'll find it there as well. Um, so back to the, the, the interesting stuff we were talking to Bud about was, you know, the defense and kind of what you're thinking about defensively. And, you know, the first question I asked, and, and this is something that's been on my mind for a, a while, was, you know, I, I told Bud, like, as someone who analyzes the team, I look at a 59% three-point shooting night from the New York Knicks, and I say, that's an outlier shooting performance. Let's move on to the next one. As a coach who obsesses over how his team should play, I assume you can't do that, uh, that you are thinking about other things. So, you know, is that something that you can, you know, find a way to say, like, hey, that's an outlier shooting performance. I'll just move on to the next game, and we'll keep doing what we do, or do you try to make changes? And his response was really interesting. Uh, I'll knock it down word for word here and uh, see what you guys think. But uh, to that, Mike Boonholder said, I think it's both. Certainly, they had a pretty incredible shooting night. Credit to them. Damian Dotson, five for five. Noah Vonley's three for three. Moutier's four for five. Knox hit some big ones or several. So no doubt they made a lot of shots. I think our defense can be better. I think we can impact how many they're getting and how good of a look they're getting. Overall, I just, I think if you take the Knicks game away from it, or even just the end of the game away from it defensively, I think we've had kind of the same message or we've had kind of the same discussion points of, we need to be better. We're either going to do it or we're not. I think the players understand it. We're talking about it. We're watching film. We had a good practice. I think we feel like there's a lot of room for improvement defensively. And I ended up following up about that at the end of practice because, you know, or at the end of our session, we moved to Middleton stuff. But, you know, at the end of it, I just kind of asked when you're looking at, you know, you mentioned the threes and maybe it's an outlier performance and these guys shooting really well. Like, do you start to think about, okay, is there a way that we can make those shots more difficult? Is there a way that we can take those shots away? Like, how do you improve if you want to get better defensively? How is it that you improve defensively as in, in regards to your three-point defense? And he said, I think we would like to just reduce the volume in general. We'll see if we can. I think there are multiple areas where it's kind of that cause and effect type thing. I think we need to be better guarding the ball. We need to be better at the point of screens. I think our bigs have actually been pretty good for us. So maybe we need to value them or lean on them a little more and try to reduce the volume. It's easier said than done, but we'll see if we can get that done. And this was something that, you know, we talked about. We mentioned the numbers that our friend Dean Maniat at all the bucks had at on Twitter where he was mentioning, you know, you gotta stay with the course. You, you gotta stay the course. You gotta make sure uh, you've really hit some bad luck where teams are hitting a lot of threes, but overall your shot profile should be fine. You're not giving up wide open threes. Um, You're not giving up a ton of corner threes. Like everything there should be pretty fine. And it was interesting to hear Mike Boonholder say they wanted to try to reduce that a little bit. So I think that's where it's going to get real interesting is, um, you know, how can they go about doing these things? You know, If you do want to limit threes, what are you giving up? And if you want to try to take away some more of those things, run at those guys a little bit more, bring your bigs out higher uh, to take away some of those things, what are you giving up instead? Or are you just not giving up anything and getting turnovers? Uh, the Bucks haven't done a lot of that this year. They haven't forced a ton of turnovers. So does is that how you reduce the volume? And uh, I think all these questions, like I said the other night, you're going to give up something in the modern NBA. What are you giving up? Thus far, it seems like it's above the break threes for the Bucks. Which seems okay, but ultimately, uh, you know, if teams are getting up a lot of threes, that increases the variance in a game and if they happen to have an outlier shooting performance, well then things can get ugly for you and you kinda saw that in that next game. So that's gonna be something else to keep an eye on. I'm not really sure which way that will go or which way it should go, but I do think it'll be very interesting to watch and see, uh, kind of what this Bucks team will do. So, uh, that is going to be, I think that's going to be it for us for uh, today. Want to talk a little bit about Middleton, talk a little bit about the defense. And I snuck in a little bit of talk about the bucks, new free throw belt. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully uh, you got through the day just fine. And we'll be back with Frank tomorrow. uh, And that should end up being a lot of fun. So that is going to be it for us for today. Uh, Big thanks to our new sponsor action heat, uh, who obviously, like I said, we are very thankful that they support us and very thankful uh, that, they're able to uh you know support the podcast and as we always say support the people that support us so head over to actionheat.com slash lockdown that'll get you twenty percent off your entire order or use the coupon code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout to save 20%. So stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So big shout-out to them, big shout-out to all of you, and a big shout-out to my good friend Frank Mann, who unfortunately was unable to join me today. He will be back tomorrow. We'll have some fun as we talk a little bit about bucks pistons maybe what that means in the grand scheme of things also we haven't done a mailbag in a little while so maybe we'll ask for questions i'm not 100 percent sure we'll figure out all of that uh in the coming days so uh if you want an update on that follow us on twitter at eric underscore name at f madden NBA, at locked on bucks and hopefully we should have an update for you there if we decide to do a mailbag it might be uh, it would probably have been better if we would have planned it out easier, but that's okay. Uh, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. And if not, then the mailbag will just grow even larger uh, as we wait for a little bit longer to do one. So thank you so much for listening. For Frank man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.